On today's Winning Cures Everything, we are talking about week number 12. We've only got one left. So, we're going to make the most of it. We're going to preview this thing. We're going to talk about the biggest brands, etc. We're going to talk about some coach firings, uh, and I'm going to discuss the midweek action for this week. So, let's go ahead and jump into this bad boy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. I am your host, Gary Seegers. Of course, you can follow me Instagram, TikTok, at GaryWCE. I am also on Twitter at, no, at Winning Cures. That's it. That's it. I'll get all these straight one of these days. Uh, You know what to do. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. We would certainly appreciate that. I say we, but it's really me. You guys know by this point. This is a one-man operation. I do all this thing by myself on this channel. So, I would certainly appreciate you guys liking, subscribing, uh, commenting, etc. Go on and and toss in what you think about the show. I would love to hear from you. Uh, If you don't always want to get it on YouTube, you can always... Subscribe to the podcast. Go and knock that out. If you want to support the show, buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures is there. Uh, and I put up my my weekly projections every single week, early in the week. And uh, and you can get those over there if you want to be a supporter. And uh, and also, what else? Hmm. Oh, yes, there's a membership thing on the YouTube page if you would like to be a part of that. So you can subscribe on the YouTube page. You can be a uh, a member or a supporter or whatever at Buy Me a Coffee. And if you just want my plays for free, the ones that I am actually putting my hard-earned money on, you can do that at Telegram, t.me slash GaryWCE. The BetUS College Football Show is every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And there's a link in the description for you to go and subscribe to that channel. That's where you can find my plays every single week when I give them out. That is the best time to get them, so make sure that you are subscribed and uh, and watch the show live every week. You can win a free truck over there. Like, they're giving away a free truck at the end of the uh, football season. So, you can get an entry over on the BetUS College Football Show. Three Dog Thursday is on this channel every single Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Time. TJ does a fantastic job with that. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I love what he's doing over there, so make sure you're good there. All right, we got through. That's about two and a half minutes. Drink my coffee, and let's dive into the first topic of the day, which would be Mississippi State fired 
head coach Zach Arnett. Now, this was not a huge surprise because things have not gone well there. Obviously, they are, they've been working with a backup quarterback, Mike Wright, who transferred in from Vanderbilt in the offseason. Um, but I've talked about this on the reaction show with, uh, with Matt Huey multiple times, right? You, you're a first-time head coach, and you were hired to replace a beloved coach who passed away unexpectedly last year. And rather than building this team the way that it was already built, rather than running and hiring the coordinators that already knew what he was running, you went complete opposite. Like, he went pro-style, try and run the ball more, uh, change the way that they do things schematically, and the team wasn't built for that. The offensive line was not built for that right the defense was built a certain way to go along with the offense it was just a mess Mike Leach ran the air raid Zach Arnett wanted to bring in an offensive coach the uh, the App State offensive coordinator that went pro style like this was just and and if you're going to do that you better have all the security in the world from your bosses and he obviously did not have that because he was still I mean he I think the buyout for him was $4 million, and there's an offset clause. So this is going to cost Mississippi State basically nothing because Arnett's going to get a D.C. job somewhere. Uh, Or he may be given a job. We'll talk here in just a minute. He may get another head coaching job. We'll see. But it just screamed that he didn't understand the position that he was put in. You had a, a team with a ton of senior leadership that was built a certain way and then you tried to run it differently from the way that it was built. So so who does Mississippi State go for next? Um, there's a few names on here, right? Jamie Chadwell from Liberty, uh, obviously making a name for himself there. They are undefeated right now. Uh, he did big things at Coastal Carolina as well. Barry Odom at UNLV, obviously he's got SEC experience. He was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas uh, before taking the UNLV head coaching job. And he was also the head coach at Missouri before getting the D.C. job at Arkansas. He's been successful everywhere that he's gone. So Barry Odom would know what he's doing here. Uh, another guy, John Summerall at Troy, I think would be a very interesting fit. But uh, part of me wonders if Summerall would wait around for an even bigger job because I don't think that train is slowing down at Troy. I think that they invest in their football program. I think Summerall could get an even bigger job than Mississippi State. But we'll see. Uh, Bill Clark, former UAB coach, he was... I won't say a finalist for this job once upon a time, but he did interview, and they did like the interview from everything that I've heard. So he's looking to get back in the game after having back surgery uh, a couple of years ago. So, I mean, maybe Bill Clark. I I mean, potentially they go the coordinator route. Maybe there is somebody out there that, you know, coaches in the SEC right now, I don't know who that might be. Or, or maybe a Big Ten coordinator, something like that, that would be willing to come down and take the Mississippi State job. Uh, once upon a time, that was Joe Moorhead. Didn't work out. Maybe that soured them on it, but they've got a new AD in place and whatnot that didn't have to go through all that, so we'll see. Uh, I think you have to call Dan Mullen and see if he's interested in coming back. He was successful there. He knows the landscape. He knows how to recruit there. Uh, he doesn't have to go crazy on the recruiting he knows all the juco guys to get in touch with it's 
he he understands you're not going to win a bunch of those recruiting battles, so you don't have to really push super hard for some of it, but you're going to win some of them, right? So uh, I think Dan Mullen would be the dude. Uh, outside of that, I think my next choice would probably be Barry Odom because he knows the SEC. So I, that's where I would go with that. Just, just my guess. Uh, next on the board, San Diego State coach Brady Hoke has announced that he is going to retire at the end of this season. I don't believe that this was a retirement. San Diego State has been an absolute mess. They have declined every single year under Hoke. And, yeah, it, it makes sense that he would, quote-unquote, retire. Save face. But now, if you're San Diego State, what do you do? Because everything has been on the Rocky Long tree for a long time. Rocky Long got fed up with whatever was going on there, and he left his head coaching position to go and be a defensive coordinator. Like he, He's the D.C. at Syracuse right now, but he's kind of just been doing whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious about all of it. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any idea where they go. I mean, potentially, Zach Arnett, now that he's fired, if they want to stay on that Rocky Long tree... Zach Arnett is one of those. He runs that 3-3-5. He is very successful with it. Not so much in the SEC, but obviously things are different here than they are in the Mountain West. Uh, the Mountain West landscape is changing significantly. So that's something to pay attention to, right? Something to pay attention to is is what does the Mountain West look like? Are they going to bring in Oregon State and Washington State? Uh, how, how are the dynamics going to change in that conference? So, something to pay attention to. Uh, they have obviously invested in their football program. They got the new Snapdragon Stadium. Everything looks nice. Eh, very curious. Um, if they stay with that Rocky Long tree, you know, Tony White, the defensive coordinator at Nebraska, that's a potential guy. Kurt Maddox, I don't think you can sell people on the job that he's doing right now because that defense has been putrid this year so far. So, I... I'm not sure what they end up doing. My gut instinct would say that they are going to do something to kind of shift the narrative into a more offensive-minded team that's more fun. That way they can fill up that stadium because they built Snapdragon Stadium and nobody wants to go out and watch this team play. And I don't blame them. But, you know, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm very... I'm very confused uh, at at what direction they're going to end up going here. Uh, The next on the board, and we won't spend long on this one, Penn State fired their offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich. Now, you can look at that Michigan game, and you can say, okay, that defense got run on 30-some-odd straight times. Michigan didn't have to attempt to pass, like, for the last 75% of that ballgame. So are we going to blame that on the offense or are we going to blame it on the defense? And you can blame it on the defense if you want to, but the defense did a pretty decent job of holding. It's not like they gave up 40-some-odd points like they did last year. Uh, they did a pretty decent job at, at slowing down the run. It's I think Michigan went that route because they knew that they wouldn't have to take any risks with throwing the ball because Penn State's offense was never going to score. And yes, they put up a touchdown. I, I, I get it. But, eh, I, I I get why James Franklin made the choice that he did. Drew Aller, this is his second year in the system. 
you're supposed to be ready at this point, and it is quite obvious that he was not. He was not ready at all. So uh, what do you do to change up the offensive scheme? Do you want to change the offensive scheme, or do you just want somebody that's better at teaching or coaching quarterbacks uh, that can also run like a pro-style system? Because obviously in the Big Ten, you want to be able to run the ball. You want to be able to control the clock, all that kind of stuff. But you don't want to do anything crazy like go out and, and hire you know Kendall Bryles or Jeff Levy, right? You're not looking to do that, I don't believe. But, I mean, who knows? So Franklin, uh, who knows? I'm sure his name is going to come up for like the A&M job and whatever other jobs come open uh, because it always does. Um I, we'll see. I think Franklin's done a decent job at Penn State. More than I think he's done a good job. Like they are consistently third in that division, which is also third in the Big Ten. You bring in USC and you bring in, you know, whoever else. You you catch Ohio State and Michigan in down years. It's obvious that these are not down years for those two programs. So, uh, yeah, I think Penn State's right there. I, they're just not going to be Ohio State and Michigan. It is what it is. All right. Let's move to our preview. And we'll kind of roll through these fairly quickly. Uh, the college football week 12 preview. And we'll start here. The biggest brand games. What games are going to have the highest ratings this week? Georgia at Tennessee on CBS. Middle of the afternoon. I think that's going to be the highest viewed game this week. Uh, Oregon State at Washington. If that thing ends up tight. Washington is an undefeated team. Maybe, maybe uh, that gets you there because people are interested in the playoff to see how this thing's going to break. It's been basically the same top eight teams for, I mean, weeks on for a month now. So uh, that's something to pay attention to. Uh, Michigan at Maryland. So the big noon kick on Fox always does a huge number, especially with a big brand like Michigan, and everybody's going to want to be watching to see what is going on with Harbaugh and everything else. They've got a uh, an injunction scheduled for Friday or uh, or some kind of hearing scheduled on Friday. So we'll see what happens with that because uh, it's at College Park. Um, Maryland got bowl eligible last week. We shall see. And then uh, Texas at Iowa State. Night game on Fox. I imagine that one's going to do some numbers because I think it's only an eight-point spread. Iowa State has typically had success against uh, against Texas. We'll see what Matt Campbell has up his sleeve this time. If, if this thing ends up close, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people watching Texas, for sure. The most interesting storylines to watch this week, uh, the Pac-12 race. Obviously, you want to see what goes on with Washington and Oregon State. In Corvallis, I mean, that is a, again, nightmare fuel for Washington. Not a good spot for them. Uh, but they could still lose that game and, and go to the Pac-12 title game. Uh, they get Washington State next week. Oregon State gets Oregon next week. Oregon State, if they win this one and the Oregon game, they would be in the Pac-12 title game. I mean, how how wild is that? Absolutely crazy. Uh, the Big 12 race. That's the other one that I'm looking for this week. Uh, Oklahoma State against Houston. If Oklahoma State loses this game, uh, they are no longer in in the front seat to make it to the Big 12 title game. I think tiebreaker-wise, it would go back to Texas and Oklahoma, so long as Texas wins. This Big 12 race is crazy. Uh, Kansas State's up there somewhere. Kansas lost last week. I mean, they're they're down two quarterbacks, so they're down to their third string. I mean, it's 
That Big 12 race is going to be absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. SEC already wrapped up. Maybe we'll see what happens with uh, with the Big Ten, Big Ten East. But right now, I mean, I think the most interesting storylines are the conference races. We've only got two weeks left in the regular season. Everything's kind of held serve. Where are the upsets going to come from? That's what we're looking for this week. Where are the upsets in college football this year? We hadn't seen any big ones. We hadn't seen any big ones yet. I don't think we're going to get any in the SEC this week unless Tennessee just decides to show out. Maybe they laid an egg against Missouri on purpose. We'll see. We will see. Uh, the most exciting games or the closest score. Uh, I've only got two on here. Uh, dealing with the baby this morning. Didn't have a ton of time to, to put into these <laughs> notes. Um, but I do have a lot of most to gain and all that kind of stuff. So the most exciting games, uh, NC State and Virginia Tech. I think that could go either way. Either way. I don't think NC State lost that much with MJ Morris. Uh, UNLV and Air Force. I think that's going to be super tight. Super, super tight. And uh, and then Oregon State-Washington goes without saying. I think it's going to be super exciting. Uh, and really close. I think it's going to be close. Oregon State's favored right now by like a point. So uh, the most to gain and the most to lose this week, SMU and Memphis. Both of them still fighting for an AAC championship berth. That's going to be pretty wild. That's, I mean, it, if SMU wins... Uh, they are in prime position because UTSA and Tulane are the other two undefeated AAC teams, and they play each other next week. So if SMU ends up, is it next week? Yeah, next week, Thanksgiving week. So if SMU finishes undefeated in the AAC, they're playing the winner of North Texas, or not North, UTSA and Tulane. That's what they're doing. So... Big one there. And Memphis still has an outside shot. They've got the one loss to Tulane. To we got to see what happens, right? Got to see what happens there. It's There's so many teams in that conference that if Memphis would have a tiebreaker over SMU. Who would have the tiebreaker over UTSA? Because UTSA didn't play Memphis or SMU. What happens, right? I mean, this is, what are the tiebreakers? It's going to be wild. Uh, Arkansas State and Texas State. Arkansas State has five wins on the season. They are looking to get bowl eligible for Butch Jones. Arkansas State's got a lot to play for. Uh, Texas State, they've already gotten bowl eligible. Doesn't matter at this point for G.J. Kinney. Uh, Illinois and Iowa. Illinois trying to make it to a bowl game. They are sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Iowa, on the other side, they are trying to get to the Big Ten Championship game. So, both of them have quite a bit to play for. Marshall and South Alabama, both of those teams are sitting on five wins. Can you believe South Alabama only has five wins on the season? Just gross. I hate that for Kane Womack, um, but he he's going to be fine. They're going to do big things there. Washington and Oregon State goes without saying. There's a lot on the line there. Uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin, both of them are five and five. That's... I, Wisconsin is like a six and a half point favorite here, something like that, six point favorite. I'm shocked at that. Now, I know Nebraska's got a bunch of injuries, but so does Nebraska. I mean, so does uh, uh, Wisconsin. Excuse me. Wisconsin's got a bunch of injuries, but so does Nebraska. Whatever. They both got a bunch of injuries, but they're both five and five. They're both trying to get to a bowl game in uh, in the first year for their respective head coaches. Syracuse and Georgia Tech, both are five and five, both trying to make it to a bowl game. Uh, UCF at Texas Tech, both are five and five. Both trying to get to a bowl game. 
a lot of stuff to play for this week. A lot of stuff to play for. Uh, the most likely underdog outright winners. Huh. Uh, Nebraska, plus six against Wisconsin. This feels like a coin flip game. Why, why is it six points? Uh, Syracuse at Georgia Tech. Syracuse plus six and a half. Uh, I know Cuse hadn't been good, but I mean, they showed they showed pretty good against Pitt last week. I think they're going to be able to run like that on Georgia Tech. Obviously, we'll see. Uh, but that, again, feels like a coin flip. Texas going to Ames. Iowa State is an eight-point underdog at home at night. Terrifying spot for the Longhorns. Terrifying spot. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see that. UNLV plus three and a half at Air Force. Air Force has, they don't know how to hold on to the football anymore. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, that is a, that's an absolutely ridiculous football team uh, right now. Three fumbles against Hawaii, and they had like six turnovers against Army. Just ridiculous. Uh, So UNLV plus three and a half, absolutely. North Carolina is a seven-point dog at Clemson. Uh, Okay. Okay. Like, very interested in that. Uh, NC State, a three-point dog against Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech is playing for bowl eligibility. They are at home. That NC State defense is for real, though. Uh, And then finally, last one that's a most likely underdog outright upset, Temple, plus eight at UAB. Temple lost to South Florida last week by four points. They were negative three in turnover margin in that game. They went down 17 to nothing and still covered. I think that I think Temple, so long as EJ Warner plays, which it, you never know from week to week, uh, I, this feels like a coin flip. Why are they getting more than a touchdown at UAB? It makes no sense to me. All right, G5 game of the week. I've got three different options here. SMU at Memphis. I already explained that one. AAC, you get what I'm doing. Uh, UNLV at Air Force. A lot of Mountain West ramifications in this one. And App State at James Madison. Uh, College game day is going to be there for that one for some reason. App State still has a chance, potentially, to make it to the Sun Belt title game. I mean, the chances are, are slim, but they are still there. And, and game day is going to be in town. So it's it's going to be a huge show. Going to be a huge show. Uh, let's do this one. Where is college game day going for week number 13? Rivalry week. This one's pretty easy, to be completely honest. It's one of the easiest ones that we've had all season long. Ohio State's going to the big house. Ohio State-Michigan is going to be... This might be the first 20 million viewer college football game in the regular season. It might be, at, at least in modern times, right? Because I think they used to get 20 million way back when when, when they didn't have a billion games on all at the same time. Uh, I, I don't see any way that they don't go to Ann Arbor. But if they don't, Alabama at Auburn... Maybe. I mean, Auburn's clicking right now. And we've seen weird stuff happen in Jordan-Hare. So, eh, the first matchup between Hugh Freeze and Nick Saban. Maybe. Like, I'm, I'm really trying my best to sell this thing here. Uh, and then Kentucky at Louisville. If Louisville beats Miami, they're a one-loss team that may be able to work their way into the top ten. I, I guess... 
I don't, I mean, I don't know. There's a bunch of games on Friday, and that makes for fewer games on Saturday. So fewer options. They're going to Ann Arbor. They're going to Ann Arbor. This isn't even a question. This isn't even a question. Uh, let's let me tell you right quick. Let me tell you about let me tell you about Ticket Smarter. Tickets are expensive. I'm I'm going to the Alabama game this week. It's a cheaper ticket. I'm taking my five year old. I some of these tickets for these rivalry games. If you want to go to Michigan and Ohio State, if you want to go to uh, even the Egg Bowl is relatively expensive. I mean, these things can get up there. If you want to go to concerts, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is coming through Memphis here in a, a few weeks. Like, these things get up there. They are expensive. You're, still, you're looking at 100 bucks a ticket at least for some of this stuff. And for some of these bigger games, SEC Championship game coming up, Big Ten Championship game, uh, the Pac-12 Championship game, like Oregon-Oregon State next week. I mean, it's like 300 bucks a ticket to get in. But here's the deal. I found a way for you to save some money. You go to TicketSmarter.com, use the promo code WCE10, and that'll take 10 bucks off an order of $100 or more. And WCE20 is going to take uh, 20 bucks off an order of $300 or more. And you get to use it as many times as you want. Right? Every single time you make an order, you can use that promo code. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a sign-up thing. It's just every time you order from TicketSmarter, put in that promo code wce 10 or WCE20, WCE20, WCE10, and uh, and it's going to save you some money on your tickets. So they treat us well. They're going to treat you well. So make sure and think smarter, ticket smarter. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, the college football viewing guide for week number 12. And uh, let's go on and, and pull this thing up here so that you can see what I'm looking at. And I suppose I could. There we go. All right, so the week 12 viewing guide. We'll toss it on the screen here. Okay, we're going to start on Tuesday night. And my game on Tuesday night is going to be at 6 p.m. on ESPN2, Toledo at Bowling Green. That is an awesome rivalry. It's a lot of fun. Toledo has not had the game yet where they uh, 
but you know, where they lose when they're not supposed to, they're relatively big favorites here. So, yeah, uh, this one I think could get interesting. So that's the one that I will have on my main screen. Obviously, you see behind me here, uh, which here, back over on that side, over there, right there. I, I forget how these things work. Over there, I've got three screens, so it works out well for me. But regardless, switching back over. Uh, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois is going to be interesting, I think. Western Michigan playing a lot better. Akron at Eastern Michigan. These are two bad football teams. Uh, Joe Moorhead doing his best. But, man, when they lost DJ Irons, it was it was rough. Um, moving along to Wednesday. And my main screen is going to have Central Michigan at Ohio. That one intrigues me. Central Michigan trying to get to bowl eligibility here. Uh, Ohio has not played as well, uh, you know, even with Curtis Rourke back. So, very, very curious about that one. Buffalo at Miami of Ohio. Uh, if Miami wins this game, I believe it's wrapped up that they win the MAC East. So my plus 360 ticket is uh, is hopeful for a win there. Uh, Thursday, Boston College at Pitt. Is Pitt going to keep Pat Narduzzi? Just a question. Something to watch out for here. Uh, Boston College has already made it to bowl, uh, bowl eligibility. Pitt is not going to get there. Uh well, that's a that's a rough game to watch on Thursday. Moving to Friday, uh, my main screen is going to have, and it's not until later, but Colorado at Washington State. I want to see what happens between these two. Washington State, I think, has lost five straight, six straight. Um, both of these teams need this to potentially get to bowl eligibility, uh, but Colorado plays Utah next week, and Washington State plays Washington. Eh, it's in Pullman. It's on the Palouse. Uh, going to be interesting there. South Florida, UTSA, that that could get ugly. I think that could get ugly. All right, we move to Saturday. The noon slate. Um, Utah and Arizona is on the Pac-12 network. So, And it says TBD on the time on ESPN, but I believe that that's like a 2.30 kick, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, something to pay attention to. Uh, and Oregon and Arizona State, that was going to be on Fox at like 3 p.m. So, uh, but in the noon slate... I'm going to be watching this one right here. Louisville at Miami. Yeah. Miami still has a say in the ACC race. So I'm very curious what Louisville looks like here. They have looked like gangbusters recently. Do they continue that going on the road? Miami coming off of a uh, just a huge rivalry game against Florida State. They really thought they had a shot. Um, and now they're down... Really, two quarterbacks. Tyler Van Dyke can still play, but he don't look healthy at all. At all. Uh, ESPN 2, SMU at Memphis. Um, let's see. There we go. SMU at Memphis, 11 a.m. on ESPN 2. Uh, that one's going to be interesting as well, uh, for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So, uh, moving to the 3.30 Eastern time slate. So, 2.30 p.m. Central time, God's time zone on CBS. We have got Georgia at Tennessee. That one I think is going to be interesting. I want to see if Tennessee has anything in the tank or if Georgia just completely wallers all over these guys. Like, do they just lean on them for the whole ball game? You know, Georgia basically did that against Ole Miss. Just ran the ball all over them. Um, Do they do the same thing to Tennessee here? And on ESPN, North Carolina at Clemson, very curious about this. Clemson kind of found their mojo the last couple of weeks against Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. Hmm... Does North Carolina's offense have something to say here? I'm I'm curious. Very curious. Uh, and then the other screen I'm going to have on is UNLV at Air Force on CBS Sports Network. 
which is down right about there. So, UNLV at Air Force, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. I think that could be uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Can can Air Force get it back? Because they're, they're still in a spot where they can play for the Mountain West title. But, man, you lose this one, and that stuff goes out the window very quickly. Uh, their win total, by the way, was 8.5 this year. 8.5. And, and they started 8-0. They have now lost two straight. Now they got UNLV coming to town. Something to watch out for. Something to watch out for. Uh, the Saturday evening slate, and there's a ton of interesting games here. 6.30 on ABC, Washington at Oregon State. Corvallis is going to be absolutely jacked here. I can't wait to see what it looks like at Oregon State for this ballgame. Uh, I think they understand the ramifications. I think you get Washington and Oregon in back-to-back weeks, and Jonathan Smith's team is built for something like this. So I can't wait to see what this looks like on TV. I'm going to the Alabama game that morning. Uh, I will be at a TV in plenty of time to watch this thing. So I'm I'm pumped for that. Pumped for that one. Uh, also, 7 p.m. on Fox. Texas at Iowa State. Yeah, count me in. I want to see what they look like going to Ames. They have, they have let teams hang around for too long. Are they going to do it again? And now without Jonathan Brooks, what do the Longhorns look like? What do they look like? Baxter's look fine. He ain't Jonathan Brooks. So, Ewers still dealing with the injury. We'll see. We'll see. Iowa State's a, a fundamentally sound football team. Very curious about that. Uh, Saturday. Saturday evening. 10.30 p.m. Uh, or 9.30 p.m. Central Time. God's time zone. CBS Sports Network. Uh, there's only two games in the late slate this week. San Diego State at San Jose State. It's got a, they, that's got my attention. And only because Brady Hoke retired or announced that he is retiring at the end of the season. Does it give the Aztecs any kind of juice here? Or does San Jose State run over these guys like they've run over everybody for five straight weeks? Very curious. So I just, I, that's one I'm just wanting to watch here. So, all right, let's get into the uh, quick previews for the midweek games. Uh, we have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got eight of them. Eight of them. And the numbers are pretty crazy this time of year because, as you guys know, I do a full season numbers and then I do last four weeks numbers. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Uh, Let's pull up the most recent lines because these things change. Like, you guys understand that. So, let's pull up the college football lines and here we go. All right, starting with Tuesday night. Toledo goes to Bowling Green, and it's Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone, on ESPN 2. And uh, let's see, Toledo is a 10-point favorite on the road with a total of 52.5. Let's pull up the numbers. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Full season numbers would have Toledo by 12.44. That defense is awesome. The Bowling Green offense is not that great. I mean, they're... They're okay, number 89 PPA per drive. This predicted points added per drive. Uh, but the Toledo defense is number 18, and and they're number 19 PPA per drive. The Bowling Green defense is what has really done big things for them. But yikes, because they're really good at stopping the pass, and Toledo likes to run the ball. They run it 60% of the time this year. And, I mean, they're number 24 in rushing success rate. Bowling Green's defense is number 109 in that metric. So, now this is for the full season. So, something to pay attention to. Um, 
Bowling Green is number one in the country in takeaways per game, but they also give it away a bunch. They're number 104 in giveaways per game, which is tied with Toledo. So maybe you see some volatility here. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a mat game if it wasn't volatile, uh, potentially, but regardless. So let's look at the last four weeks. And in the last four weeks, Bowling Green's PPA margin is now number 16. They are number 19 PPA per drive on offense over the last four weeks. Uh, it's weird how things change when you only look at Mac play. And Toledo's offense has kind of dropped off a little bit. They're number 33 PPA per drive on offense. Um, but the Toledo defense is still fantastic. I mean, they're number seven PPA per drive. So this is kind of strength on strength here. Um, the Toledo offense, number four PPA per pass, but they only pass it like 40% of their offensive snaps. Toledo has not been as good running the ball lately. Number 94 PPA per rush. Well, Toledo, that that ain't great. Bowling Green is number 97 PPA per rush. So that's something to pay attention to. Uh, as far as like points per scoring opportunity and stuff, Toledo's great at finishing drives. They're number eight in points per scoring opportunity, but Bowling Green's defense is number 28. So you start to look at like the five factors rank. Bowling Green has a raw five factors rank edge in this. They're number nine, and Toledo is number 12. Now, when you toss in talent rank, uh, yeah, Toledo is now number 23, and Bowling Green is number 40. I mean, Toledo's got a massive talent advantage here. Just huge. But this is a rivalry game, and this is going to be, you know, interesting. Uh, Toledo's strength of schedule is putrid. I mean, just terrible. Bowling Green's is different, but that's because, you know, Bowling Green has played... Uh, Michigan and Georgia Tech and whatnot. I, if I'm going to lean a certain way, you guys know I don't trust Toledo for nothing. So I'm going to take Bowling Green plus the 10 here. Uh, I don't feel great about it because Toledo has made me look foolish the last two weeks. But, um, but yeah, that's the way that I'm going to roll there. Bowling Green plus the 10. Now we move over to another Tuesday night game. Western Michigan heads to Northern Illinois. This one is 6 p.m. Tuesday night on ESPNU. And let's pull up the numbers here. Uh, the latest number here is Northern Illinois favored by five uh, with a total of 54 and a half on this one over at uh, BetUS. So let's look at these numbers. Uh, full season. Now, my power rating would have Northern Illinois by 5.2, somewhere around there, up here at the top. Um Statistically, the numbers would have Northern Illinois by four for the full season. Uh, you start to look through some of this, and these teams are fairly evenly matched. Like, Western Michigan has been much better than I anticipated for this year. Uh, however, they're number 64 PPA per drive on offense, number 78 on defense. Northern Illinois is number 69 on offense, number 48 on defense per drive. So... The issue, I think, is how do they match up? And Western Michigan, for the season, likes to run the ball a lot more, and they're pretty good at it. Northern Illinois cannot stop the run. They're number 105 PPA per rush to Western Michigan's number 68 on offense. Uh, Western Michigan doesn't turn the ball over. They're number 32 in turnover margin. Uh, but Northern Illinois doesn't beat themselves with penalties. They're number 28, while Western Michigan is number 120 on that. Uh, let's The five factors kind of go both ways when you include talent northern illinois's got a massive advantage here but let's pull up the last four weeks and see what we got here and western michigan has been playing better 
uh, over the past four weeks. They uh, they would hold a slight edge here, and that's the way that I'm going to go on this one. Uh, I think yeah, I know it's a little crazy. Western Michigan uh, on the road and me taking, you know, me taking another road dog, uh, which the first was not a road dog. They're a home dog, but regardless. Western Michigan, I think, like Northern Illinois just doesn't cover as a home favorite. Like They're terrible at covering as a home favorite. Uh, even if they win by a field goal, they don't cover here. I think this one could get crazy. Like, really crazy. Over the past four weeks, you look at this five factors plus talent rank, and Western Michigan is playing just significantly better in the fundamental aspects of the game. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Western Michigan on this. I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, give me Western Michigan plus the five on Tuesday night. Next on the board. And I got to start moving a little faster on this. Move a little faster. Akron heads to Eastern Michigan Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. This one is a line of Eastern Michigan favored by four uh, with a total of 39. So super low total on this one. And let's look at the numbers. Uh, the numbers right now would have, let's see, Eastern Michigan favored by three for the full season. Um, Akron has figured some things out as of late. I like Joe Moorhead. The defense has been just a complete surprise. And if DJ Irons had not gotten injured in the middle of the year, I think that they would be even better than they are right now because the offense has been atrocious. Number 131 PPA per drive on offense for the full season, but the defense is number 32. Uh, Eastern Michigan, their offense is atrocious. Their defense is uh, number 74, so middle of the road. You know, nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, As far as, you know, turnover margin, that skews Eastern Michigan. Uh, Penalties per game, that leans a little bit Eastern Michigan. You start looking at, you know, red zone conversion percentage, et cetera. Those lean Eastern Michigan as well. Uh, there's a reason why they're favored. But uh, my power rating has Eastern Michigan by about two points. Let's look over the last four weeks. We'll do full screen for this. And that would have Akron favored in this spot uh, because Eastern Michigan's defense has fallen off. Uh, big part of it is how bad they've been against the pass. Um, but you just look overall defense per drive, they're number 105. That's not great. Like, predicted points added per drive, they aren't doing a good job of stopping teams. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a bad game. As far as five factors plus talent goes, number 129 against number 126 over the past four weeks, I mean, that's just atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Uh, Eastern Michigan, you know, points per scoring opportunity, the number 115, well, or sorry, their defense is number 115. Well, Akron's offense can't finish drives either. They're number 117. On the other side, points per scoring opportunity, Eastern Michigan on offense, they're number 15, but Akron's defense is number 100. So there's an advantage there. The issue, though, is that Eastern Michigan is number 119 in scoring opportunities per game. They average four drives per game over the last four games that get into the opponent's 40-yard line. I mean, that is just wild. So if I have to go a certain way here, uh, I'm going to take Akron. Like, I, I just, I think that these are two really good coaches, right? Two really good coaches, but one has been playing significantly better than the other. Eastern Michigan just looked like a shell of itself last week against Toledo. Now, that's a lot different. Coming home, 
it, even even a field goal loss gets me an Akron cover. Yeah, that, I don't think there's anything too crazy about taking underdogs in Maction, right? All right, we move on, and we go to Wednesday. Central Michigan heads to Ohio, 6 p.m. on ESPNU, and let's see, the number right now, Ohio favored by 10. Good gracious. Uh, that's a lot of points here. A lot of points here, uh, but it makes sense. Let's look at the numbers. Uh, oh, and the uh, total is 46 on this one right now at uh, BetUS right now. So, PPA margin, full season. Ohio is number 27. Big part of that is because their defense has been awesome. They're number five PPA per drive, just raw stats on defense. Uh, the offense has not been great. They can still throw the ball, but they have not been able to run it. Uh, Central Michigan's defense is terrible full season. Number 131. PPA per drive on the full season. Um, but look at Ohio's defense. Number 33 PPA per pass allowed. Number one PPA per rush allowed. They're number eight in rushing success rate. They are number six in standard downs PPA. Like this defense for Ohio has been awesome. Uh, Ohio has an advantage in turnover margin. They have an advantage in points per play. They have, uh, let's see, penalties per game advantage. I mean, they're everything skews Ohio. Uh, when you look at the Five factors rank, number 36 to number 90 in favor of Ohio. Uh, you look at five factors plus talent, number 69 to number 108. That skews Ohio's way. Um, but, again, that's for the full season. Let's look over the last four. It's got Ohio minus 8.9. Now, Central Michigan needs this game to get to a bowl game. Ohio, I think, is still trying to win the MAC East. Now, they need some help. They need uh, Miami of Ohio to get beat. But this one's at home. Central Michigan last week looked fairly decent for a bit against Western Michigan and then gave up 17 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Uh, I just think... I think Ohio's going to come out with their hair on fire a little bit. My uh, my power rating on this has Ohio minus 11. Yeah, I'm going to take the favorite. Which, taking favorites in Maxon just feels like a fool's errand. But it is what it is. I'll take Ohio, minus the 10. Next on the board for Wednesday evening, Buffalo heads to Miami of Ohio, and the Red Hawks are a nine-point favorite right now, total of 41 on that. It's uh, Wednesday, 6 p.m. on ESPN2, and let's look at some numbers here. Yeah, full season stats, I've got it right on the number. Miami minus 9.08. Uh, PPA margin, Miami is number 40. Uh, Buffalo is number 109. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, my projected total is right there next to it as well, 42.76. I mean, just ridiculous. Like, right on the right on the number. Now, this is full season stats, though. So, uh, you start looking through, this Miami of Ohio defense is pretty awesome. Uh, Buffalo is pretty balanced. As far as their offense, they it's 50-50 pass to run. What I'm surprised about is Miami of Ohio is number 114 in offensive line yards allowed. They are number 122 in stuff rate. Uh, but it doesn't look like Buffalo can take advantage of that. So, you know, like they're, they're bad at stuff rate. They're bad at offensive line yards allowed. And yet they're number 40 in PPA per rush on the season. The number 38 PPA per pass, even though they're number 74 in passing success rate. It, it's it's nuts. 
Um, we look at points per play margin. Like that's a that's a big deal. Uh, Miami of Ohio is number five in net explosiveness on the season, and yeah, number one twenty six for Buffalo. Uh, it's gonna be wild. Gonna be wild. Um, let's look at the uh, full or sorry, the last four weeks here. Over the last four weeks, it would have Miami minus five point four three. Buffalo has put themselves in position to be competitive in these games. Uh, Miami of Ohio, over the last four weeks, now these offensive numbers have Avion Smith at quarterback instead of Gabbert because obviously Gabbert went out against uh, Toledo with the uh, the broken leg. So he won't be back for this season, and this is what the offense kind of looks like now. Uh, net explosiveness, they're still number 13. That's because their defense does not give up uh, explosive plays, but their offense, way less explosive now. Number 69 in offensive explosiveness. Uh, the defense, you know, kind of stepped it up a little bit, but there's there's nothing that Buffalo can take advantage of here. But I still think the number's probably a bit too high because I don't think that Miami can get margin on anybody. So I think I know they're on the road, unless like some special team stuff goes crazy. Uh, I kind of like kind of like Buffalo here to cover the uh, the nine. I just I think nine is a lot of points. Uh, and I think Miami just has to win, right? They can win by a touchdown and still not cover. I think that'll be fun for them. So, moving along, let's do... We got three more. Thursday night, uh, Boston College at Pitt. 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that This game's gross. This game is disgusting. You know what? This is going to be the last one that we hit because uh, the Friday ones I'll, I'll hit on Thursday. Um... What are our numbers? Pitt minus two and a half. That's interesting. Total of 47 and a half on this one. Uh, it's 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN on Thursday night. Let's pull up the numbers. And yeah, full season. I've got Pitt by three. Uh, Pitt's defense is still pretty good. Number 33 PPA per drive on the season. Um, the offensive numbers are terrible. Number 123 PPA per pass. Number 107 PPA per rush. Uh, they don't get a bunch of scoring opportunities per game because they can't drive it down the field. And even when they do get down there, they're number 98 in scoring uh, or points per scoring opportunity. Boston College's defense, it, they're pretty good at not allowing scoring opportunities per game, but they can't stop anybody once they get down there. Right? You look at the uh, defensive red zone conversion percentage, and Boston College is number 132 there. Now, on the other side, Pitt's defense, number 38 in points per scoring opportunity, but they do allow over six drives per game to get down into uh, their 40-yard line. So, uh, but they but they do force a lot of field goals, it looks like. Boston College, really good on third down attempts per game. Uh, third down conversion percentage, they're number 29. Uh, they are number... Nine in the country in fourth down conversion percent. And a lot of that has to do with Thomas Castellanos, right? Uh, he's able to scramble on some of those fourth and shorts. Uh, he's he's a big quarterback, and he can run. But does Pitt have the defensive line to be able to stand up to that? Uh, if you look, Pitt's defensive line, number 52 in Havoc created. They are number 30 in offensive line yards allowed. They are number 11 in stuff rate. So that does not bode well for Boston College. However, let's look over the last four weeks. Yeah, uh, now we've got Pitt favored by five and a half. The numbers like Pitt here. 
They're they're two and eight on the season, but Boston College has beaten like some trash teams, right? Look at the strength of schedule here. Pitt is number thirty two strength of schedule. Boston College number seventy six. The schedule just worked out for BC. Uh, you go back over here on defense. Number sixty six havoc created. Now BC's offense doing much better. Number fourteen and havoc allowed. But then you get down here to stuff rate number twenty seven. Uh, Boston College is number 65 in stuff rate allowed. BC, number 46 in offensive line yards. Well, Pitt is number 65. Like, this is... These are two pretty evenly matched teams. Um, I think Thursday night at home, Pitt may be trying to salvage the season a little bit. Yeah, they look terrible against Notre Dame, etc. But I think, I think I'm going to ride with the, uh, the home favorite here of less than a field goal. Boston College has looked good, but they've already made their bowl game. I think, I mean, you look at five factors and all that kind of stuff, man, that favors Boston College quite a bit. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to take, I'm going to take Pitt. I will take Pitt. That's the way it goes. All right. Uh, we'll hit the Friday games later on this week if we don't hit them first on the Bet U.S. College Football Show, which is every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I think that's going to wrap this up. You guys have been fantastic. I appreciate all of you for being here. Thank you so much. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing this every week. The season is winding down. We still got bowl games. We still got conference title games. We still got rivalry week. So hopefully you're all ready for that. Uh, With that said, it's time to get out of here. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash next week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.